Praise God. I want to jump into a message today and just encourage you. I don't know if anybody's caught my um, Facebook uh, videos, but God just spoke to me and said, I want you to do 21 days of prayer and thanksgiving. How many think that's important? Amen. That prayer is important. Thanksgiving is important. And he said, 21 days of prayer and thanksgiving. And at first I thought it was just personal, something for me. He said, no, I want you to share it with the world because people are going to get blessed by it. And, uh, you know, I'm a numbers guy. I'm a word guy, alliterations, all that. So I wrote out prayer and thanksgiving. And I saw that there was 21 days until thanksgiving. And then I wrote out prayer and thanksgiving. And saw there was 21 numbers, or wow, 21 letters letters in prayer and thanksgiving. So I said, okay, God, I think you're up to something here. I was uh, printing out something and I grabbed some envelopes. I looked, I counted them. Guess how many there were? 21. I'm like, okay. And how many know that something happens in 21? Scientifically, it's been proven that it takes 21 days to break a habit or to form a habit. How many think this is a habit that we need to form? Come on, somebody. 21 days, 21 days. Come on. Can I tell everybody? I think we need to, I think you guys need to pray and thanksgiving right now for my mama. I'm busting her out right here on, on national television, Halka. But, uh, my mom has, has, um, had an issue, been struggling with some, well, it wasn't a struggle. She just let go and, and let it have her, you know, but no, but she, she smoked cigarettes for years of her life, over 40 years, been, been, doing this and you know everybody said you need to quit you need to do this but how many know that you can talk to somebody till you're blue in the face about something but until God deals with them it ain't gonna work and we beat our head up against the wall with people but but she just got in her spirit and God began to deal with her that now's the time to quit and she she didn't take 12 steps she took one step towards him come on somebody and she just said you know what I'm done I'm going to quit. And that was how long ago? Two weeks ago? Two weeks ago, she said, I'm going to quit. I'm just stopping cold turkey. Come on, get this. Now, we went to uh, last week. I prayed for her. We came by and we were praying. And I lay hands on her. I said, I don't even, I said, Lord, take the taste away to where she doesn't even want it, where she doesn't even like it. And we went to, she went and to the doctor and got a prescription for Chantix. And she's like, well, man, I need to get something to help me because I'm going crazy. And how many know, of course, the enemy will throw all kind of things in the mix just to get you to, to think, uh, to go to your go-to. But how many know, man, our go-to should be Jesus. Our go-to should be the rock. Come on, somebody. And so um, she went and we filled the prescription, went back and got it, and she, she hadn't taken it yet. And I kept saying, well, why aren't you going to take it? And she's like, I don't know, I don't know. And it had all these crazy side effects. How many know sometimes the side effects are worse than the problem you had? It's like at the end of those medicine commercials, they're like, possible side effects include possible death, suicidal tendencies. You may want to rob a bank. You might want to, you know, I'm like, dear God, I'd rather have the restless leg syndrome. Come on, somebody. And so uh, she hadn't taken it yet. And she was just like, well, you know, the instructions say that you got to have a quit date and I, I already quit. And, you know, she was like coming up with every excuse in the book. And, and I think it really was she was saying, I don't want to take this. I want to see if I can do it without that. 
And, you know, we just began praying, believing God. And she's like, and then she said, I just got to, I just got to have one more. Come on. I just, I just want to smoke one more and just, just, just see if it tastes good. Just, and she, she went and she got one cigarette, two, two cigarettes. And she said she smoked and she's like, it said she was smoking. All of a sudden she said she felt her face was like going like this. And she's like, wait a minute. My face is saying I don't want this, and I don't want this. And then she's like, I don't even want this. I don't even like the taste of it. And threw it out. Come on, somebody. Come on. She's like, and now it's been over two weeks, and just scot-free, no chantix, no nothing, no I'm going to wean myself. I'm just going to trust God. Oh, okay, well, she took it. That's all right. But she said, I did take it yesterday. But she said, I'm going to trust God. And she did it, man. I think that's awesome. Praise God. So encourage her, encourage her, and pray for her. So I think when we, when we give God thanks, you know, he, he says, all right, all right, you're welcome, you're welcome. But um, prayer and thanksgiving and, and the why, today is why. And that's not what I'm going to preach on. I just want to touch on a minute. P-R-A-Y. talked about people in your life. I talked about uh, redemption. I talked about um, the... Uh, attitude yesterday and today the word is yielding and you know when we yield to God you know what happens all of a sudden God takes you where he wants you to go the word yield means to stop and give someone else the right away and so when you yield to God you're saying I'm going to stop living my life the way I have been, and I'm going to give you the right of way. I'm going to give you the um, reason to take my life and do what you want. How many have ever floated down a river? Anybody been in a tube or just kind of, and you know, you can dig your feet in and you can not move, or you can kick your feet back and you can let the river take you. And it's a yielding. And that's what happens. We can hold on and we can say, no, God, I'm fighting you. I'm not going to let you do it. Or we can just yield to God and we can let him take us where he wants to. How many want to just yield to God? Amen. Amen. Because I tell you what, his ways are always better. Amen. Well, if you have your Bible, open up to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Today, I want to talk to you about not being anxious not being anxious. I wanted to go into this month of prayer and thanksgiving, and today I want to lay a groundwork, and then we're going to talk about prayer, and we're going to talk about thanksgiving, and we're going to talk about um, the end results of that. And Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7, we all know this, you could probably quote it, but it says, be anxious for nothing. Somebody shout nothing. But in everything... By prayer and petition or supplication, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. We thank you, God, that it brings light. And Father, we ask over the next few minutes, God, that you would speak. You would take my voice, make my tongue like the pen of a ready writer to write upon the hearts of your people. Let us receive it, believe it in Jesus' name, amen. So if you underline in your Bible, underline anxious, underline prayer and supplication, underline thanksgiving, and underline peace. Peace. So we're told here to get rid of something. 
We're told to not have something and get rid of something. What is that? Anxiety, right? Be anxious for nothing. Get rid of that. And then we're told how to do it by prayer and supplication. And then we're told the attitude to do it with thanksgiving. And then we're told the results of that is peace of God. How many could use some peace in your life today? How many have been through enough turmoil, enough chaos, enough craziness? Anybody just been through a lot of crazy in the last 60 days? I mean, you just look around and it's like chaos and swirling and craziness. How many say it's time to stop? We're getting ready to go into the holidays. I was at the mall yesterday. I don't hardly ever go to the mall, but I was walking through the mall yesterday and they were putting out the Christmas things and they had the forklifts in there and putting down and they already had Santa's village there. There was one dad just parked right there with a stroller. I'm like, sir, I don't think it's open yet. He was, he was just waiting there. They had a, a Santa was nowhere to be found, but he was just waiting. I don't think it's open yet. But I think he was appeasing the little kid in the stroller. We'll wait here for Santa. We're really waiting for mommy to get out of Macy's, but we're going to sit here for a minute. But uh, everything was kind of looking like Christmas and holidays. And I thought, I thought, Lord, it's the time to be joyous. It's a time for laughter. It's a time for grace. Lord, I just pray. And I started praying while I was walking through the mall. And I just started praying for all of you and praying for everybody in my life and said, Lord, I pray that this is a joyous holiday season. How many want that? God, that there's no drama, there's no family drama, there's no financial drama, there's no this and that, there's no mama drama, come on, that, that a baby mama drama, none of that, that um, we just have a good holiday season. And I was like, Lord, I just want everybody just to be free and full of peace. And then it's, you know, as I was preparing for this message, it was like people can't have peace because they're anxious. Because anxiety comes on. What is anxiety? Anxiety, it's been said that anxiety is like a thin line of fear that travels through your mind. Anxiety is like a thin line of fear that travels through your mind just waiting for the opportunity to hear something negative. So anxiety is a thin line. You don't feel it. It's a thin line of fear that travels through your mind. And as soon as an opportunity comes to hear something negative, to see something negative, to feel something negative, then that thin line becomes a crater and it grooves a negative memory all throughout your brain and your mind. And then fear takes place. And you know what the Bible talks about fear? It says fear has torment. Fear is a spirit. Fear is an evil spirit. God didn't give you a spirit of, and so we need to cast that out. And so anxiety is, in, the, in a sense, anxiety is sin. Hello. Now, you're gonna, I'm going to come back to that, and you can get it. Right now, some of you are mad at me. I have anxiety. you saying I'm a sinner? No, anxiety is sin because what we're doing is we're saying we don't trust you. We trust in everything else. And how many know not trusting in God is missing that mark? Come on, follow me. The word anxious means this. Experiencing worry, unease, or nervousness. Typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Experiencing worry, unease, 
or nervousness, typically about an imminent event or something with an uncertain outcome. Now, I, I mess with people all the time when they, um, how many, who in here has never flown before? Has anyone never been on a plane? Never been on a plane? All right. Well, well get ready. Never, ever? Oh, my goodness. Get ready. Never, like he's shaking his head and not going, not going. Look. <laughs> well, I tell you what, anytime someone flies with me for the first time, I used to be really mean because I would mess with them. Uh, there's a good friend of mine that she had never flown before, and we went on a mission trip, and I sat down there next to her and I was just like I would grab the bag in front of the seat and act like I was getting sick and she's like stop it stop she's she's in tears and everything I'm just being mean I was just a little little mean little thing back in those days but God God delivered me praise God but you know some people get anxious about flying because they have an uncertain outcome they're thinking we don't know this could, something could happen. Something bad could happen. There's been plane crashes. My sister was on a cruise last week. And I don't know if anybody saw on the news, this cruise ship um, went to the side. They call it listing. And it went to the side. And she was on that cruise ship. And she's like, oh my gosh, this is the worst experience of my life. And she loves cruising. But all of a sudden, the ship starts going and tables start falling, drinks start falling, plates start crashing, tables start coming, water starts coming in the side. How many know, I don't care who you are, you'd be a little anxious after that. We went on a cruise one time and, and I had told my wife, I don't know why I did it. We were watching movies before we went and we, we watched the movie Overboard or something crazy or Poseidon. I'm that Poseidon. And she's like, why did you make me watch this before we're going on a cruise? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I just thought it was some movie. And then she was freaked out the whole time. Now, we had the best room, on one of the best rooms on the ship. I mean, it was, it was pimped. It was awesome. Am I allowed to say pimped in my mouth? I'm sorry. It was very nice. It was tricked. I can't say tricked. It was really, really nice. It was hooked up. So anyway, <laughs> and, and uh, all, it was bougie. <laughs> all of a sudden... I went into this room. We're just, I mean, everything's We're going to have five-piece master bath. We got this big old room, a big wraparound balcony and everything. And my aunt was a little salty because she, she put the cruise together. And then we got a double upgrade. Come on, somebody. I'm all about the upgrades. And we walked into our room. I was like, Ch -ch -ch. ooh, I shut the door. I'm like, this isn't our room. I'm like, they made a mistake. I went in there. Man, they had... They had stationery with my name on it, already printed out. I was like, oh, yeah, come on, come on. And so we're in there. We're just living the life. And then <laughs> we had church in there with 18 people in our room comfortably. It was that big. And so we're living the life. Everything's great. And she's freaked out. She wakes me up in the middle of the night. Get up, get up. I'm like, what? She's like, do the waves look normal? What are you talking about? She's like, come out here and look. I'm like, wait a minute. If you're scared, why are you out on the balcony? She's like, look at the waves. It's, you know, I think they look angry out there. She's like, what's going on? I'm like, oh, go back to bed. This is, we didn't have kids. It was great. I mean, we were like, we were like, come on. I'm like, go back to bed. She's like, I just feel, can you sit up with me? I am not sitting up. Come on, you know 
on a cruise, if you're in bed, it's probably already 4.30 in the morning. And you've been part, I mean, you've been enjoying the good company of your family and friends that whole time. And so, you know, <laughs> and so we were there and I'm like, go back to sleep. She's like, can we at least listen to Christmas music? She's like, that'll make me feel a little peaceful. <laughs> and so I'm laying there. It's a holly jolly castle. <laughs> we know who won. But anyway, and then it was, I got to tell this other part. We're down eating, and she looks over, and she goes, oh, my God. I'm like, what? She goes, look. She's like, the waves, she's like, the water's rising. Look. She's like, it's almost up. To, I said, we're five floors down from where we were a minute ago. Oh, okay. <laughs> she's all freaked out the whole time. And I'm like, just enjoy yourself. But anxiety is that thin little thread that goes through. And so any little thing just creates this crevice of fear. And all of a sudden you can't do anything. You're paralyzed. You just can't do anything. How many know God has called us to do different things in our life? And anxiety and fear is trying to stop God's people. Because if he can get us to stop doing what he's called us to do, then everything is over from there. But if we can get past that and hear the words of the Lord that says, be anxious for nothing. Why? Because your outcome is certain. Hallelujah. And if you'll get a hold of that, that your outcome is certain, that it's already done. I read the back of the book and we win. Come on, somebody. My outcome is certain. I don't have to worry about that. You know what I do? I get on a plane, and every time I get on a plane, I'm on and off of planes all the time, and I touch the, I don't care who's looking. We step on, I put my hand on the dot. There's usually a dot right there. I put my hand on, I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that this plane is sound. I thank you it's mechanically sound. I thank you it will get us there and back in Jesus' name. And I walk on, people are waiting, I don't care. How many know no one has ever complained about that? And then once we get in our seat, we grab hands, we stretch across the aisles now. It used to be we all fit in one row. Now we got two rows. So we stretch across the aisles and we start praying father in the name of Jesus we believe we're going to get to our destination and we're going to be safe and sound we thank you for the pilot the navigator the co-pilot God that you keep them alert that you help them to do everything they do and you do what you do in Jesus name amen I've never had one person turn around and say that's offensive to me Please don't use God's name. Now, how many know they're all like, amen, amen, amen. I don't care who you are, what kind of agnostic or atheist you are. If there's turbulence at 30,000 feet in the air, you're going to be like, Jesus, come on. You're going to be doing whatever. Come on. We're doing everything. We're kissing crystals and genuflecting and whatever. We're just like, whatever works. Come on, somebody. But your outcome is secure because I know that God has has called me to do certain things and I haven't done them all yet. And I know that he's not a man that he should lie. If he said it, he's going to do it. If he promised it, he's going to bring it to pass. Why? Because I've seen him do it all through my life. Things that could have, should have, wouldn't have happened. I've seen God make a way where there was no way. So I have no reason to doubt that he'll do it again. Come and look at somebody and say he'll do it again. It comes from an early 17th century word in Latin, anxious, which comes from angrer, which literally means, 
I'll come over here and use Rodney as an example. Angrer is a Latin word that literally means to choke. I should have let Felicia do this. She's like, she's like, you need some help? Come on. I can use both hands. She's like, it means to choke. And so what it means is to choke out something and to stop it from flourishing. When you choke somebody or you choke something, you cut off its supply and you stop it from flourishing. Isn't that amazing? That's what anxious means. It means to choke. Luke 8.14 says this, As for the seed that fell among, among thorns, these are the ones who hear the word, but as they go on the way, they are choked by the worries and riches and pleasures of life, and their fruit does not mature. How many have heard a word from God? You've, you've been in the house of God. You've been reading the word. You've, you've been in prayer. And you've heard, this is what God's going to do in your life. But before you get to the parking lot, come on somebody. Before the next day comes, all of a sudden you start thinking about, yeah, what about this? What about that? The worries and riches of the world start coming in. And you start thinking, I don't know if I'm going to make it. I don't know. I don't know about this, the pleasures of life. And you know what happens when you get choked? by that the fruit does not mature it will not come to pass if God's spoken something over your life and you get all caught up in worry and anxiety it's not going to come to pass why because you're not going to walk in belief you're not going to step out in true faith and trust of God and you're going to be in sin somebody say you're preaching good you're preaching good Matthew 6 25 through 34 says, do not worry. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Come on. I need to put that in my closet on Sunday mornings. Come on. I got I always worry about what I wear. I should be worried about it on Saturday night. Come on. But Sunday mornings, a mad dash. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Man, you ought to underline that in your Bible. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow, and they do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If it is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, what will we eat, what will we drink, or what will we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. He knows that you need them. So then he tells you, this is how you get past that. But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Somebody say, that's right. See, you've been choked out 
by all these worries. You've been thinking about all these things. Now, we're not saying that you shouldn't, you shouldn't give your request to God. You shouldn't pray about anything. And don't think that's what I'm saying. It's okay. How many know it's okay to have some questions? It's okay to have some, um, what am I going to do with this? How's this going to work out? You can give that to the Lord. But if you have in mind that everything I'm doing, I'm doing it for the Lord and for the kingdom. If you have that in mind, how many know everything's going to be taken care of? But if you're doing it for selfish gain, your motives are going to come out. Everybody has good intentions. I mean, we've, we've said for years, the roadway of hell is paved with good intentions, right? Everybody has good intentions, but their motives end up wrong. And we've got to know that we've got to stay kingdom focused, We've got to know that. We've got to do that. And how will we get rid of that anxiety? How do we put that out of our mind totally? And I'm not saying that you're not going to have opportunity to get anxious. How many all have opportunity every day to get fearful and get anxious? But then I think about it for just a minute and I say, I'm not going to be anxious. But in prayer and supplication, I'm going to make my request known to God. What is that? Prayer and supplication. It's petitioning God for the supply of your present wants and needs. Supplication is a supply list. It's a stronger word than prayer. Prayer, we know, is talking to God. When you're anxious about something, talk to God. When you're being choked because of the worries of this world, talk to God. Sometimes you might have to scream to him. Sometimes you might have to cry to him, but talk to him. Why is it that we'll talk to everybody else before we talk to God? We'll talk to boom and them and everything and, and try to figure out what they got to say. What do you think? Girl, you know, I wouldn't do that if I was you. Shoot. I tried that and it didn't work. Well, yeah, maybe I shouldn't do it. Well, you know what? I had a spot like that once on my face. And then, uh, you know what? It was cancer. They had to cut my uncle's whole face off. Found out it was just a chocolate chip from the cookie you had earlier. You're all worried about this spot I had. My God, it's anxiety. And it has that thin line and it turns into something crazy. You think people are mad at you because they didn't return your call or because they looked at you crazy. And all that is is just feeding into that thin line. One time the pastor I worked for, he was going into church and a guy was out cutting the grass and he, and he looked at him and he waved to him and the pastor didn't see him, but he had had sausage for lunch and he had some spicy sausage. So he walked by and he was like, and he had one of those, you know, one of those belches that you don't want to let out. And he was like, and so he did that when he walked in the door and the guy saw him and he was like, pastor gave me a dirty look. He's like, there I am. I'm out there sowing my time. I'm serving the church and I'm mowing the lawn. And I look at him and he gave me the nastiest look. And then he quit mowing the lawn, stopped coming to church. We're like, what in the world's going on? And then he started telling somebody, well, you know what it was the other day. The pastor gave me a dirty look. I was like, when was that? And we started mapping him back. And remember that day, because all day he was like, you know, had heartburn and indigestion. He was like, yeah, I remember seeing him. He goes, he didn't say anything to me. He goes, and I remember walking right when I walked through the door. And he's like, it was like, so he just, I mean, there it was. But it was this thin line of anxiety already in his mind. So as soon as he saw that, all of a sudden he's mad at me. He don't like me. 
He's giving me dirty looks. I'm out of here. Let me tell you something. Be anxious for nothing. Come on, somebody. But in everything, with prayer and supplication, make your request known to God. Bring your supply list to God. How do we know that our supply list is godly? And I wrote in my notes here, mine versus thine, or mine versus his. How do we know that it's our list and not his list? Has you ever, anybody ever thought about that? Has anyone been praying and thought, Lord, am I asking this just because I want it? Come on, Lord, let me hit the mega millions, I pray in Jesus' name. God, if the Powerball just happens to roll in my direction, Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I thank you. You haven't tithed in 10 years, but you go down to the corner liquor store every day and he, just give me $2 worth, just give me $10 worth, just scratch. You know what? If you want to do that, I tell you what, give me $20. I'll call you a loser. I'll give you $2 back and then we can cut out the middleman right there. How, come on, how many know that's about the size of it right there? And you even won something. Come on, you're ahead of that. It's amazing. How do we know? I tell Lord, if I win the Powerball. I mean, some of you have mapped it all out what you would do. First of all, I would I would give to the church. Yeah, I would I would give. You know how many people have told me, Pastor, one day if I ever hit them, I'm gonna buy you a church. I'm gonna buy you a bill. I'm gonna, you know how many people have said that? I'm like, where are they at now? <laughs> you can't even get them to say hi. But you know, it's like they just, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. If he can get it through you, then he'll get it to you. How do you know if it's yours or his? What are the motives? What are the intentions behind it? Are you really true? Now, I know some people that if they did get the Mega Millions, Powerball, whatever, they would. They would give it all to the church and still be sitting there penniless a month later. And like, wait a minute, what in the world happened? So they might have it on the other side. But I know some of you, we would never see you again. It'd be like, bring, bring, bring. Um, Brian be like, hello, pastor, I'm watching from Spain. <laughs> I'm watching. I got you. I'm on there. I'm on Periscope. At least it's playing in the background. <laughs> and then, you know, but you have to do that. You say, what is it? Now, listen to this. If I have an anxiety, which I'm ashamed to speak to God, then you know what? That's a sign that maybe I shouldn't have it. If there's something in your life that you say, you know what, I'm ashamed to even pray this. I'm ashamed to speak this out to God. Then that's a clue right there that it shouldn't be in your life. If there's something, when you go into your prayer closet and you say, I don't even want to talk to God about this. If it's something that you say, I wouldn't want to go to the pastor and, and discuss this with him. Guess what? It probably shouldn't be there. Somebody say, mm. if you have a desire and you don't feel like you can put it into prayer, be, then maybe you need to not cherish that desire. If there's something in your heart that you're like, man, I really want this, but I don't even know that I can put this to prayer because it probably ain't right. You know, I had people over the years, there are people in the churches that said, I believe that person is my husband. I believe that man is my husband, and I'm praying in Jesus' name that he's going to figure out that he's my husband. And it's like, you realize, first of all, he's married? He's somebody else's husband? 
I'm serious. And it's like, so you know that ain't from God. And number two, he don't even know who you are. Number three, you, you want to be as far away from him, <laughs> or he wants to be as far away from you. If you're that crazy, come on, somebody. And people, they just think, oh, this is my desire. But, you know, they can't, if you can't put that into prayer, you can't talk about it because you know it's wrong. Yeah, Lord, just, just help me. Ain't nobody praying, Lord, help me to steal a couple cars tonight so that I, so that I can sell them, take them to the chop shop and, and get top dollar in Jesus' name. Come on, don't nobody pray that because you know it's wrong. You know it's wrong. That's how you know. Stay kingdom focused. When your fo focus and your needs and wants are kingdom focused, then you know what? God's going to pay the bill. He's going to meet the need. He's going to provide the resources. When all of a sudden you're going to your prayer time and you're like, Lord, I really would like a bigger house, not just because I want to spread out and live high on the hog, but you know what? If I had a bigger place, I could have groups over from the church i could entertain we could have we could have parties we could we could uh we could get people here we could have bible studies we could do this and that we could open up our home if somebody was in need they could come and stay with us you know if that's your focus then guess what god's gonna say yep yeah, you know what that's kingdom that's kingdom focus righteousness peace join the holy ghost and he's gonna pay the bill and he's gonna meet the need he's gonna bring the resources and we've got to know. And like I said, today I want you to know that you can come to God with your issues. Don't think that I'm telling you it's, it's not good to bring your needs to God. You can. Bring them to him. But lay them down. Leave them there. Leave them there. Come on, look at somebody and say, leave them there. Spread them out before the Lord and leave them there. Don't pick them back up. So many times we come to God and we lay down our burdens. And then we go and pick them back up. Just like a lady does with her purse. Most of you women, dear God, you got your nine millimeter in there. Uh, most, most of you ladies wouldn't let your purse go. It's like a Mary Poppins bag. Most of you ladies would not let your purse go for anything. You either got an eyesight or it's close by. And uh, what do you do? If you lay it down somewhere and walk away, oh, you go back and you pick it up. My great-grandmother, she was 94, 93 when she died. And every time you saw her, she had, I don't care what time of day it was, she had on white pearls around her neck. Your hair done, her hair, usually a hat on, and she had a little purse on her arm, and she would carry it just like this. Don't get any ideas if you're watching online. This is purely for... <laughs> and she always carried it right here. And no matter what she was doing, where she was going, she was a little lady about this tall, and she always had her purse with her because she thought... It didn't have any money in there, but just thought somebody was going to take it. Somebody might get these two or three dollars that she had in there and always had her purse there. And some of you are like that with the burdens that you've been carrying. You've been carrying a burden. You've been walking with a pain. You've been walking through a struggle. You've been walking with an issue for years. Some of you have carried this thing for years, this anxiety, this worry and doubt. It's crippling. 
My mother-in-law dealt with it her whole life and it literally crippled her to the point where she couldn't leave the house. In the years that I knew her, she probably left the house maybe 20 times. And that was including vacations. And you know what that did? Not only her, but her whole family lived in prison to that. Why? Because of anxieties and fears. And she was a wonderful woman. Wonderful woman, but she was carrying this fear. And so you know what? Some of you have this baggage. Some of you have what this anxiety. Maybe it's what people think about you. Maybe it's what's going to happen to you. Some of you are afraid about your future. If I trust God fully, then my future is not going to be secure. I don't have control over it, and I don't know what's going to happen. If this goes on, if that goes on, and you've been carrying it, and then you come into a service, and the word of God is preached, the power of the Holy Spirit is there, and you come to an altar, and you lay down your burdens, and you lift your hands, and you get free for a minute and then you leave and you're ready to go and you say oh wait I forgot something and you go back and you pick up your burden and you walk back out with it I'm believing that you're going to leave it in Jesus name come on somebody I'm believing that by prayer and thanksgiving you're going to leave it Proverbs 16 chapter 16 verse 2. All a man's ways are pure in his own eyes, but his motives are weighed by the Lord. All of a man's ways are pure in his own eyes. Come on, how many know in our own eyes we think, man, I'm doing everything right. I got it all together. But his motives are weighed by the Lord. So here it is. Verse 3, underline this, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be achieved. Take your thoughts, take your plans, whatever it is, your anxieties, your fears, your doubts, take them, lay them out before the Lord. One version says, take your plans and lay them before the Lord. You know what I see? When I see that, I see blueprints for a building laid out before the Lord. I remember one time a pastor I was working for where April and I got married. We, I went into his office. We were walking by and there's all these papers on the desk. And this man of God kept a pristine office. And one day went by, I mean, there were tons of papers and it caught our eye. We're like, what in the world? And he said, come here. Another pastor and I were walking and we went in there and he had these blueprints all over his desk. And he, was, he said, these are the current church. He's like, and then he had some, another set of blueprints. And they were for a Kroger building. How many know Kroger? They have Kroger, right? And uh, so there's a Kroger building down the road from our church. And he said, that's the Kroger building blueprints. And we're like, well, that's great. What are you doing with those? And Kroger was getting ready to build a new building down the road. And he had a little red square drawn inside of the blueprints. He said, that's the size of our current sanctuary, that little red square. And he's like, see this? He's like, this is the Kroger building. We're like, what are you talking about? He's like, we're, God's going to give us that Kroger building down the road. And we were like, all right, all right. And he's, he had his plans out there. And he had those blueprints. And he would just pray over them, lay before the Lord. And he showed us. We're well, okay. A couple weeks ago, I came back monthly. And the next month, I came down. And I saw the pastor over in Kroger. He was outside Kroger's in the parking lot. And I knew he had a distinct car, and he was out there walking around the parking lot. 
like he was looking for something. He was just looking down and looking around and walking around. And well, what in the world? That's Pastor Pat over there. What's he doing? He's walking around in the parking lot and just wandering around. And so we asked him next. He said, what? we saw you over in Kroger. What were you doing? He said, Lord just told me to go and walk it. He said, everywhere the soles of your feet trod, I'm giving you the city. Now let me tell you something. This was an impossible feat. Kroger, the Kroger didn't even own the bill. I'm sorry, how, what, how was it? Kroger didn't own the building. It was a unique situation to where he ended up talking to them. They're like, well, I don't think you can get it. End up talking to somebody else. He ends up buying the building. And get this, Kroger had to pay us like $12,000 a month or something because they were still in this contract. And so we got the building. And before we even moved in, Kroger's was still paying the church. And I tell you what, today, the Living Word Church is remodeled. You wouldn't even know it's a Kroger building. It's a beautiful church building down there. And that's where we got married and everything. And you would never know it was a Kroger building. And I remember that day when Pastor Pat was laying his thoughts and his plans before the Lord. And he was saying, this is what God has spoken to me. I'm not there yet. I don't have any means of getting there yet. But I'm not going to get anxious. I'm not going to get worried. You know, we were in a building that was getting too tight. And he's like, he could get fearful and get anxious but he said no I've got to stretch out and he could have gotten fear and said how am I going to do this but he said I'm going to believe God I'm going to commit my plans to the Lord and let him establish my ways and I'm telling you today if you will do that and not be moved by fear and anxiety and lay out your plans and thoughts before the Lord you will see what God is going to do in your life somebody say amen to that the Lord has made Everything for his purpose, even the wicked are for the day of disaster. Everything that the Lord has made is for his purpose. So why not commit your works to the Lord? Pray about everything. Lay it before the Lord and let your plans be achieved. Hallelujah. Let me give you a word picture for that. That verse right there, commit your works to the Lord and your plans will be achieved. In the Hebrew language... It literally means to roll your plans upon the Lord. When you have something that's too heavy, something that you can't move, something that you can't deal with, if you'll just roll it. Come on, my mom said that when I was born, she used to hold me in one hand, believe it or not. I was a preemie. I got over it, obviously. But she would hold me in one hand. And then she said, a few years later, she's like, I couldn't even move his leg. When his leg would flop out of the bed, I'd go by his room and I couldn't even get him back into the bed. She would have to roll me. She couldn't even pick me up. She would have to roll me. You, we go to move our kids now. We used to just grab them, scoop them up and take them into the other room. Now we, I have to roll Lorena. I have to keep rolling her and rolling her till she gets off the bed. And then I, I can't just scoop her up anymore I got a roller and this word right here means to roll your worries roll your anxieties worry roll your thoughts and your works to the Lord roll them upon God let him carry the weight and he will machine your product for himself come on somebody get that right there he will machine your product for himself 
you might have a prototype of your dream. You might have a prototype that you've been trying to build. And it took you a lot to build a prototype. How many know what a prototype is? Something that you mock up and you make up, but you say, I need something to done with this. But until the big dogs get it, we watched a movie the other night and it's about the lady that made the miracle mop. And here she was, she, I don't know if anybody saw that, but she made this miracle mop in her kitchen. She, she sewed together threads and she made this mop by hand. And it was a miracle mop that just twisted. And remember the old miracle mop? And so she's like, I didn't want to get my hands dirty. She had broken a glass and she mopped it up and didn't want to cut her hands. So she invented this thing where it twisted with PVC pipe and, and plastic and she hand did it and she made this prototype and she went to QVC for the first time and they were selling them and nobody knew what it was. And they were like, no, they're not going to do this. They didn't sell any. And she got on there and she started showing them. She started talking. This is why I made it. This is why I did it. And they sold out. And she sold the most anybody's ever sold ever. But what happened was she was at that point now where she couldn't hand sew them anymore. Come on, somebody's about to get blessed right now. She couldn't put the plastic on there anymore. She had to get it to somebody that had the machinery. Somebody that could take hers from a concept to a product somebody that could machine it to where it could be cranked out in the thousands and it would be and I'm telling you here today some of you are at a place where you've been thinking about something dreaming about something believing for something but anxiety and fear has stopped you from doing it but now is the time according to Proverbs 16 to roll them upon God and let him carry the weight and machine your product for himself come on somebody and he will do it and when he does it ain't nothing that can stop it come on there's no stopping us now come on oh yeah oh yeah and I'm telling you some of you are right there what God's called you to do you're right there with believing and I'm preaching to myself right now but anxiety is a thin line in your mind and it's trying to groove a path of negative emotions and negative thoughts and fear. But if you will just say today, I'm not going to be anxious for anything. Hallelujah. But I'm going to roll it all onto God. Let him carry the weight. Let him machine my product for himself. Because my motives are pure. Come on, Rodney, the reason you want to do the, those dreams you've gotten, you've made, you've made logos and business cards and, and business plans and letterhead. And, you know, somebody might look at you and say, what have you done with that? It ain't gone nowhere. You're a failure. That's not true. You got to see it before you receive it. Come on, somebody. And so keep dreaming. Keep preparing. What you're doing is you're getting water pots. You're getting them prepared for God to start filling them. And when you'll get to that point where you say, I'm going to believe you. I'm going to cast my anxiety away. And I'm by prayer and supplication. I'm going to make my request known to God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will rule you. Come on, somebody. Everybody just stand to your feet all over this place.